See, there are issues with making your child a pacifist. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back, finally, for another episode of Raised by Wolves. This is episode four of the first season, Nature's Course. It was written by Aaron Guzikowski. Guzikowski. Every time I have to say it at least twice. Directed by Luke Scott. I gave this one a solid nine out of 10. It premiered September 10th of 2020. It seems as if this is a good turning point for the story that we have been been following thus far. I'm not sure what any of these shifts in their narration for a few characters mean, but I am thoroughly intrigued to find out more. Before we do get into the recap and review, just wanted to go over what we got planned for this week and some light housekeeping. So today we will be doing the fourth episode of Raised by Wolves. I still need to do um, leftovers for the first episode of season three. Look for that. That'll be coming. Tomorrow, Utopia season one, episode five. Hopefully we get a season two because I've been looking for that notification. It has not come yet. On Wednesday, we'll be jumping back into the Haunting of Bly Manor, episode four. Thursday, Doom Patrol, season one, episode 11. And then Friday, We'll do the second episode of The Leftovers on the third season. And then Saturday, we'll get back into that Merlin. Really good episode this week. (laughs) 10 and 11 of season three. And then Raised by Wolves, episode five. So pretty nice week we have. Nice to get two episodes of Raised by Wolves in as well. So let's get directly into the recap. Paul ends up falling into or off the branch into the hole, but mother saves him and apparently she can just verbally put you to sleep. We catch up with the Matherics who are traveling to where the children are. You have Marcus and a few others carrying Ambrose, I believe, and they find a non- well a man-made piece of architecture and they thought at least the scriptures had given them opinion that there had been no life prior to them now i know i just know most likely shy and mimi i haven't even listened to their feedback yet we're probably feeling all types of way about this motherfucker being carried around and while i completely understand that visceral feeling i immediately got it It is something traditionally done with certain religions where the high priest or priestess, they cannot be, they can't touch the ground. Like they do this, I believe in um, Buddhist religion too. So while initially I know it was probably a thought to attack this type of behavior as demeaning, it is something a lot of uh, even current religion subscribe to when it comes to their high priest and priestesses because touching the ground is um in a a mode of transportation is a way 
uh, of pilgrimage and then you don't want to do that for them like everyone else is the acolytes they're the closest one with the commune to soul that can interpret his words and whatever so on and so forth so while i'm not saying it's right <laughs> i i knew immediately that this was a an ode to that type of traditional belief system however marcus reaction is completely out of sync with what he is encouraged to do with his girl uh what he encouraged his girl to even do we need to pretend right so we have gotten on this ship we've been in this religion in stasis for 13 years now we are finally awake we need to what was the plan if the plan was to eventually which i believe it was when she says at the end to get away the one thing you don't want to do is bring a whole bunch of suspicion to yourself because you're not supposed to be there so i would think if you're going to um get on this type of espionage mission i would be a little bit more subservient even if i don't want to be subservient for my own ends i would play that part and he just seems completely incapable of doing so and this goes into my continued analysis of his character as being someone who is arrogant, opportunistic, uh, clearly religiously skeptical. I honestly really don't know what they're doing with this character because they did introduce us to this side of him where he is this attentive father to Paul. He isn't uh, stupid at all. He's clearly someone with some intelligence, probably more intelligence than, or survival instincts, definitely, than everyone else around him. However, he is an interloper in a place where he does not belong. And while all those assets make him a great, maybe atheist commander, if that's what he was, I think he was just a soldier, it is not in its place where he is currently at and he's putting himself in the amount of suspicion that they are given later on in the episode because he cannot play this role which he encouraged his wifey beforehand like take this seriously and she is and yet he seems to not or i mean your kids are missing i know i i put that in our chat thing me and me Mimi and Shy were talking offline where you know I'm surprised that you would not be with them as far as going to find your kid and I think that there's two ways one you're right in the sense that yes your children should definitely come first if this was me and my child on this planet yes yes I understand <laughs> your first instinct is to protect your child as a parent However, for me, I am still stuck on the way in which they got Paul. I understand his parents could not have been shit, but they're still his parents. You didn't give them the chance to be a better parent. You stole that from him. To do that to a child is very unfortunate. And then to build that bonding relationship, like it almost would have been better if they had never intended to build this type of rapport with their child because it's a false 
relationship because it's built on a foundation of an atrocious crime against said child. So I think for me, that took me out of the moment of the empathetic parent because of how exactly they became that role. But you're absolutely right that as an empathetic parent, yes, you would not be worried about supplies. You'd be worried about getting your kids back. So the second part of that is the fact that I still think that the kids are better off with mother and father than they would be with the matheric. And that's my own personal bias and should not have been thrown into the equation, but that's where my less empathetic reaction, initial reaction anyway, came from. But from the characters of Marcus and Sue, they genuinely feel this love and bond as if he is their child. So of course it makes sense for them to want to go after him first. Fuck the supplies. I still think it was smart to want to get the supplies <laughs> considering how much they're freezing. Cause what are you going to do when you get these kids and you can't take care of them? Now you have five additional children with the other problems that you ain't solved yourself. And I think that's where maybe my process driven brain was going. Like you need a plan. You guys don't have a plan. So before we go hop off in the other direction, can we at least put one together? Now, afterward, he did prove himself to be a coward. Absolutely. But I don't know what else he was supposed to be. He's a goddamn cleric. <laughs> he's had soldiers his entire life through this religion. Of course he's a coward. Back at camp, mother brings Paul back. She says, close your eyes, children. I'm weaponized. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. She ain't trying to hear Campion after his deceit and discovers the creature in the stocks. Father's like, yeah, so I've been busy. <laughs> she leaves it up to father to decide what to do in an effort to reconcile after her harsh words from last episode that his kindness makes them less safe, which is funny because that is something he has to grapple with with his own child this episode. And I thought that was a good uh, analogy between the characters. Father realizes that her words are kind, but he fears that he is losing not only her respect, but his own. Because he realizes that his inattentiveness or his kindness, so to speak, did leave the consequences that the children ran off. And I was being patient in the, in the stocks, counting the three, and they already made it across to the forest. I don't know how, but whatever. I love when this actor smiles in his dialogue because it's almost like I'm trying to soften what I'm saying like I understand you were being kind and he smiles at it because he does appreciate it but at the same time he's so firm with what he has to say to mother and that makes I believe despite what she could not herself <laughs> say later makes him her equal the kids reconvene and Paul shares his daring adventure of almost dying with the rest of them, Campion calling the one boy. What is his name? I forgot his name this episode. He was annoying as always, but to a lesser extent of annoying for some reason. The blackhead. I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't write his name down. And he calls him out. You were a fucking coward. And the only person that wasn't was Vita. They say Saul is the one that saved them. Or praying to Saul save them. And... 
I realized that Campion, while he listens to what they have to say, and he he's a little impulsive in my opinion, but I don't expect anything less. He also, I think there's a back and forth with him. Even if he disagreed that soul is what saved them, he has the tolerance to not say, well, that's stupid or that's dumb. Like if mother heard him say that, she would be like, we don't believe in soul. You don't use soul and religion in this house versus him's like, I don't care what you believe in. I'm going to believe in what I believe in, but we can still be friends. We can still be family. It's cool. (laughs) Then he tells him he's insulting his real parents by calling the androids mother and father and that their soul's are with soul in the light and i'm like okay my thing is this with the metheric if they are the ones that created these what do you want to call them i'm just guessing that they're the ones that created the technology and stuff because they have the androids why then would they be like oh well they can't be parents of anyone well they can do everything else but they can't be a nurturer they can't be parents that doesn't make any sense to me why couldn't they take on the role of a caregiver if they can wipe your shit if they can do all the other stuff i'm not saying (laughs) it's a good i'm just saying it shouldn't be scoffed at clearly you're seeing campion he is an intelligent well groomed taken care of child and he's been raised by two android parents and it's not your place to tell him who his parents are his parents are who raised him not who they dna parents is i'm not being disrespectful to my dna daddy he didn't raise me so he don't even deserve that title <laughs> anyhow there was a line yeah because he's talking about the mouse and if it's with soul And Paul says, animals don't go anywhere when they die. Death is the end of them. And I'm thinking, yeah, humans, despite our mass intelligence, are still animals. And I love that Father rounds up that statement a little bit later in the episode. He then goes out to Father, who is making a stick, because he is going to kill the creature in the shed so that they can have some food. They've been starving for quite some time now. I don't know how long the passage of time is just a little murky in this show but it seems as if it's at least been three or four days that they found out that the radiation poison because they haven't eaten anything since then and they are better now so it's been a minute but campion is not down with killing because he's a pacifist and that's what happens when you raise a pacifist and he wants to find an alternative food source why didn't campion succumb to the radiation poisoning that's a question i have and i don't think they answered it despite us hunting and killing things for a long time on earth campion doesn't know that he hasn't been taught that and that's why you give people a well-rounded education but he is being brought to it now and before he can process this father allows him to try to find an alternative food supply despite it being a waste of time (laughs) he does act impulsively with new information by saying oh i'll say anything you want me to say that was sometimes kids just say the dumbest things that just so hurtful and i know that if i was mother and father campion would have been over my knee but they have the patience of saints tempest is in the shelter with mother mother is melting down their 
their amulets to make a scalpel, which we find out for is to take out their trackers. Tempest says, we're sorry we deceived your android friend. <laughs> she mentioned she had a boyfriend on Earth as well that was not trustful and it was exhausting. And she's trying to relate to her in a certain way of, well, you know, is there anything that father is good at that you're not good at? And she took a long ass time to answer he has a sense of humor. <laughs> and I don't think that mother appreciates father the way she should. And I have a feeling she might be learning that lesson. They then talk about her baby because she wants to have it or grow it to term in the lab instead of carrying it to term. And we have mother not understanding this saying, you know, you are someone who can create. I'm just like, you're a creator. I'm just a creation. Tempest remarks that she wants to swap places and do what she can do. But mother says children always want what they, or children always say what they want, but they really don't mean it. And she remarks, I am not a child before mother puts her to sleep and removes her tracker and then goes and gets the tracker from all the kids, then drops them into a crevasse. Back with the Metherics, there's no luck getting into the building. They want to blow it at first, Eminence. However, he has some pushback from his own people who don't want to damage the structure. And he's being encouraged by one woman who's saying... Because Marcus wants to talk to him and she's like, Sue is like, no, <laughs> all you're doing is making shit worse. Let me try to talk to him. She goes over, takes a look at his arm, is able to fix it. Um, but while talking to him, <laughs> well, maybe this is, a, um, yeah, this is a later scene. She gets busted not knowing the scripture and Marcus's beady eyeballs are still very insolent. But before then, he's been given the, the rank of captain. He stole that rank, mind you. But he is being someone looked to for his opinion. Now, is this a new thing? Hmm. Again, I will get into my evolving and continuing, mind you. I don't know all the details. Analysis of this character that I felt I was not adequately explaining the last episode i don't know why also i see these things in marcus and others don't <laughs> um i just find him more dangerous than the metheric there's something about him that sets me off and i believe i told mimi and shy too that i also have a lot of experience with nar narcissistic personality types now is that an inherent bias absolutely However, I do think that I am seeing these small signs in him that maybe people who would not have a whole bunch of experience with those type of people, like quite frankly, I have a slight, slight narcissist, but mine's more perfectionist, right? Um, and I think that also the idea of changing one's face that also is another complicated psyche that I have also done some studying on. So that's also another reason why I'm, I'm looking at this character through a certain lens that may seem like I'm 
being a little too harsh on him as a character. However, it's the picture that I'm seeing being painted. And I've seen these master strokes before. And I believe that they're laying this groundwork for this character. And I think at the end of it, I'm more sure of where my brain or thought processes are leading me to. And I am just going to let it ride out to see if I need to um, to tinkle that a little bit. But I, I do think that there is going to be a certain turn in Marcus that is going to make him the villain of this story. Just in the way I think that there is something about mother right now. And it is based on emotional trauma. Where they're going to be put up to the test of of what exactly they are willing and unwilling to do in this new landscape who are the people they are going to choose to be after the emotional trauma that has befallen them and how does that shape the rest of the story I'm not going to go into the psych stuff yet i'll wait for that to the end um father and campion they are trying to find food <laughs> he finds one thing and he tests it i like the fact that they can just test like they the android themselves are a computer and they can just put something in their mouth and know <laughs> it's composites and everything he then finds some i don't even know what the hell this was on this tree it seemed like something you wanted to hang instead of something you wanted to eat but it does give campion something to check out in the lander and it is a good possibility Rather cute that Campion wants to name his new food pizza because that's what they call things on Earth. But in the lander, his joy is deflated when he realizes that it is inedible and they cannot eat it. Mother, meanwhile, is recalling painful memories of... I'm glad they brought this back because I was like, oh, are these the the previous children? (laughs) But these were the unborn children, the other six um embryos that i was wondering about if they ever retrieved it turned out that they did father comes in to ask what she's doing because uh, she is fixing or it looks like she's fixing the whatever piece of machinery there she says i have decided to entertain tempest request to bring her baby to term outside of the womb mother says she's gonna allow it despite father's disapproval because he believes you shouldn't tamper with the natural process. I love this conversation because I agree and both disagree with both of them. Like, yeah, that's a little risky to do something that is so unnatural. It's one thing to unnaturally bring children into the world via an android. You have no choice but to create an artificial womb versus the child is in the room and thus, as he says, nature uh, should take its course however you have mother saying well she was impregnated against her will so she should have the choice to have her baby outside the womb if that makes her feel more comfortable because she's already had enough trauma to her body that she did not ask for so I definitely got where both sides were coming from her saying nature has no course I do believe that mother if we were to clinically, I wonder if Shy would go into her. I know she says when she gets off, she's not trying to use her brain for all of that. <laughs> but she 
to me seems clinically depressed. She's disillusioned with her purpose in life. And this is what I was meaning. I think I was trying to get at this word last episode and I could not find it. If you lack purpose, actual purpose in your life, you become vulnerable to a psychotic reaction of some kind, whether it be depression, uh, anxiety, drinking, this, that, the other thing. I'm sure we can name off a million things that people deal with even right now when they lack purpose. And I think that's what the word I was mixing up last episode is that Marcus and Sue, they can be opportunists all they want, but if they are lacking a sense of purpose, then they are vulnerable in doctoring themselves. Like if they're disillusioned with the atheist and then they join Saul, what does that do to your mind frame? And it's not even like y'all did it for two days, a week, a month, 13 years. You've been playing this part, this role. How does that affect your psyche? How does that split your psyche? How does that redefine or determine your future purpose? And that purpose is our foundation as people. Like we want to be a someone who gets a better job or do this or do that. That is what makes us human without that. A lot of people who we see without that, that have that drive, that purpose, It's not to say that they don't, they're going to fail completely in life. No, they could still, you know, give those basic survivor instincts, making sure they're fed, making sure that they're taken care of, whatever the case may be. But that only takes up so much energy of our actual life. So what does the rest of that look like? And if it is blank, that can cause a serious um, psychological disorder. At least everything I've read in my psych books (laughs) and definitely if anyone else is more and I would love to hear someone who is more um versed in this please please tell me your opinion because this is fascinating to me and I think I I started jumping I know they're probably tired of me saying the words Westworld but that's what that show is all about all about is exploring the mental psyche the consciousness what it means to have consciousness uh the the burden of what consciousness is it's so fascinating and the fact that they're playing this out with someone who is an android and someone who is human i think is very purposeful father wants to slaughter the creature (laughs) and teach the children well first he just wants to slaughter it and mother says well i'm against that He said, duly noted, just like she said. (laughs) Thought that was funny. But she is going, or he is going to kill it. She wants Campion shelter because his empathy is pronounced. But father says, that's what I'm afraid of. That if he does not mitigate this soft heart of his, he's going to get him killed. And he also says, I need to be useful. I don't need you to go kill the creature. Yes, you can kill the creature very easily very effectively we've seen you do it however i need to be able to do something to add to this and so she allows him to do it and he allows her to do her thing 
Back with the Metherics, Marcus makes his move as he's been planning from jump, in my humble opinion, to take control of the convoy. He immediately goes after Ambrose. Ambrose. I say Ambrose. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, you put this thing in my ear to try to, yeah, because he starts hearing a voice um, through a comm system. And apparently it was the android that planted it there. And... I laughed when he said, I don't use atheistic strategies. And I thought that was funny because that's exactly what Marcus is doing. <laughs> using an atheistic strategy. But it turned out that Marcus was wrong. It was not Ambrose. It was the android who did it. Um, you have Eminent saying, well, when they're, you know, when they lose pairs, they have a tendency to, to kind of lose their will or I don't know what he was trying to I don't know nothing about pairs and androids but I wonder if this had something to do why with why um who was it mother in the first episode was starting to go batshit crazy because she was without father I wonder if there's something to that that they are themselves paired even though those were twins but I also felt like that android was giving eyes to Marcus <laughs> and to his wife because they're like, uh, I know you guys are fake. But just as the Eminence is saying she can be replaced or she can be fixed, Marcus takes it upon himself to just destroy her. You're not going to convince me this is not strategic on his part because that removed the last bit of protection that the Eminence had. And he definitely was looking for his end. Oh, oh. Ugh. he did something in this episode that really just I already knew I was like I don't care what the fuck you say me <laughs> we just gonna agree to disagree Campion tries to free the creature but father tells him to kill it and grow the fuck up like any spoiled child that doesn't get his way he goes running for his mama mother and father dispute over the fact that the children will be taught at least Campion will definitely be taught to kill this thing well, actually, he goes and gets the rest of the children. But ultimately, they reach a compromise because she says, well, fine, I'm going to go to the lab and get my shit that you don't like me doing uh, out there by the Ark wreckage. And by the time I'm back, if it's not killed, then I'm killing it. And he's like, yeah, well, that's what I, I wanted to get my point across. <laughs> he's just, and he makes perfect sense though. I, we could break down, we could die. These kids don't have any way of taking care of themselves. They need to eat. They're starving. Like their mischievous feelings need to get the fuck over it. As he said, people on earth have been killing animals for a long ass time. Y'all are 100% acting brand new according to your own fucking species and i think that's what he's trying to like you're not androids you're humans you need to eat you need to be able to survive we are not going to be here for you to make these decisions for you you're going to have to make them on your own and if you cannot kill an animal what are you going to do if someone's after you and threatening you you just going to stand there and let them take you nah i'm with father y'all need some street smarts y'all was pissing me off too like oh I will appreciate that sis was the first one that went and took a stab at it. Then she couldn't finish the job and ran off. And then everyone else followed suit. And then you got freaking Campion like, see, this is your fault. I'm like, boy, I'm going to slap you in about five seconds. You better be glad I don't believe in <laughs> corporal punishment, sir. At least the kids did point out it was necessary because, you know, 
we can't eat that shit that you're eating so we are indeed starving so we will indeed need to feed ourselves they're not necessarily against it except for the one cleric boy that's just a little bitch however they are not ready to do it themselves and (laughs) you have father screaming at the creature like well at least you ain't intelligent i died once death can be very unpleasant for intelligent people nobody fucks with the jesus and this is the constant battle of man just can't we we do not understand that concept we do but to settle it in our minds it takes a lot some people are more i was just watching a um documentary about a man who had to literally take he he was a soldier and he came back and he had to take um psychedelic therapy it was very few um few trials of this but it was the only way to get rid of him feeling this over like constantly thinking about death he just not could not stop thinking about the end and what that would look like what it would entail the constant fear and anxiety revolving that and there are a lot of people like i oh man i had a really bad trait of that for a long time where and now my brain and medication (laughs) have helped steer it from that because even if i start going down that path i stop myself from going down that path because some of us can jump down that fucking rabbit hole and once we get down that rabbit hole it's a deep dark place while searching for parts mother finds a pod and connects herself to the interface despite it not being what it's intended for it's like she's able to tap into her own core memory or maybe the first she sees i don't even think this was her memory this is maybe a a remnant memory that was inside of the pod i'm not sure or recording i should say because she sees a monk that talks of how metheric prayer will or the metheric will pray for the sins of all the things that they've done on earth once they reach the promised land so this was the idea for them that's why we saw on the arc where they were like yeah now you get to play with your family and this is a good time back to my original statement that i was saying earlier about um paul's parents maybe this was part of that where hey we are enacting these types of sins on earth and to to have the gravity of that situation you're not to have this type of happy relationship like no there should be no celebrating going on because this is war this is terrible and once we reach paradise then though all those great things about being human can be reborn again i don't know that's just a supposition but that could be another take on why the parents necessarily did not interact so much with their child from the time he really i mean we took that one statement and ran with it sad but we also don't know too much about why that was she then goes back to a memory it would seem where they cast someone as a younger campion i would have totally got it if they would have had sylvia and what was the other little girl's name gabin that it would have been fine keeping the same actor <laughs> i did not need to know this was a younger camp because i was at first going who the fuck is this kid and then until she said campion i was like oh well why did they cast me as the actor it's fine he's still he can range anywhere between 6 and 12 and be perfectly fine and no one's gonna question it but they decided they wanted to cast a younger actor and it turns out that the six remaining embryos 
were destroyed because Gavin and Spiria were playing with them. They thought they were snowballs. And you saw that mother really flipped out on Campion about it. Understandable. That was six children she just lost. Not a thing. And then you kept having Campion saying, I can fix it and can fix it. He didn't understand the severity of what happened. And I think that was her going back later to have them bury them and say goodbye you know and then he even says don't tell Gavin and Speria because he just has a feeling that whatever just happened was significantly terrible and it would destroy them and so seeing that family moment that really built a lot of empathy for me for mother despite her actions sometimes because sometimes she acting cray but she definitely has been through a lot in these last 11 to 12 years. Marcus's ability impresses a new friend, Lucius, but they are all starting to stare at both him and Sue with suspicion because they don't know scriptures. They're not subservient as they should be. Marcus realizes that Sue will be spared due to her, her capabilities of being a medic she learned that during her the stasis sleep while she was in well during the stasis sleep while she was in stasis <laughs> and so i'm not sure if i'm drawing the line here that was meant to be drawn or if i'm just finding it myself but i think a father in his inadequacy and all he's trying to do to prove his capability and then you have marcus on the other hand who in this group unfortunately you know he's trying to prove his capability as well like telling lucius you know this android it's better it's more useful dead than it is alive and you have lucius going that's not something that they teach us in our religion and he's like oh yeah you know i pick up things here and there his story ain't it ain't fleshing out sue says we should just leave get some stuff leave it dawn because at first he wants to kill the eminence and she says at like her face to me, I feel more trustworthy of her reactions to Marcus too. <laughs> that I, I'm not just going crazy. He, that was not part of the deal. That was not part of the plan. Killing the eminence feels personal. It doesn't feel strategic. <laughs> There's no reason. And that's how I felt she was approaching the, the conversation. Maybe Mimi and, and Shy will feel differently. But I felt she was saying, look, we have reached the threshold in which we knew we were not going to fit in with these people. We don't know all the things that we are to know to fit in this religion. We want what we want, which is Paul. Paul is over here. We can just leave. We don't need to be with the, we can grab some shit and go. We ain't got to be hanging around here. And yet Marcus doesn't want that. Marcus wants to settle a score. Marcus has been humiliated and has been talked down to and that's not something Marcus is going to allow to happen it's just not it's part again of that narcissistic trait he has an inflated sense of his own ego he really does because if he didn't he would be able to play the fucking game you can't play the game when your ego is in it I've actually learned this a lot in corporate America because I myself yeah I do have that's what I said. I myself have nar narcissistic personality traits. Do not get it twisted. 
I'm not nearly on the seven types of narcissistic personality traits, but I do have certain characteristics. And one of them is your ego in a team. Like if you know you doing what you doing and you got it, you know, good. You're going to want to put that ego out there. You're going to want to lead in this situation because you believe you are the best to do that. However, when you are in a team and it's a collaborative experience, you have to figure out that's where emotional intelligence comes in, right? Emotional intelligence is how you take the ego out of the equation and still be able to get everyone on your side. That's not an easy thing to do. It's what great leaders do like Obama. (laughs) He's someone who's talked about emotional intelligence before. That is what separates the ones that make it past that threshold that some of us can't get past and some and what doesn't. And it takes a enormous amount of energy to do so because it requires what thinking and not autopilot thinking, which is your default of what you are used to in your routine of being the one in control. So that's where me and Marcus in this moment are at with Sue as well, where she's like, there's no reason for us to be here. Let's just go. We know where Paul is. We're close enough. Let's get out of here because guess what? If we're found out, we don't get Paul either. Paul belongs to the Metheric. We're going to be busted as people who are, are interlopers. I don't think that Marcus wants any androids around because he don't fucking trust them. Now, later on this night, an interesting situation happens. And like I said, opportunistic. But this is the action that I think I told you guys already. I cannot stand. It's a pet peeve of mine. I do not like people who use religion to to manifest power for their own personal gain. That's the that's the height of hypocrisy that I, I just cannot stand. I cannot. It's one thing to be religious and then you be on your religion thing. But it's another thing to be, like I said, you don't need to be doing what you're doing. You're doing what you're doing because you want to do it. This is what you want. And that's where I I believe Marcus is after a certain type of power and a certain type of status that he kind of believes he's old. Where that that, um, manifested from? I'm not sure. I don't think I have. We have the answer to that yet. Anyhow, you have Sue saying, you know, you need to back up the eminence here because they are freezing and he wants to take the charges to try to blow a hole in this place to get people safe and warm, right? Marcus sees that this has this decision of his has caused a break between the the elders So he takes this moment to do exactly what he wanted to do from jump, which is why his girl was looking at him the way she was looking at him at the end of it when he ends up having, or she gets, he he kills him and then says, you know, soul wanted this. I think the minute he started saying that, that's when she started somewhere in her brain losing all types of respect for them or for him. Cause that is to me, an abomination you do not take someone else's religion and use it for you that is how you have the caesars the catholic people in the church that are raping kids all those people that are hiding behind a cloth when they don't need to be and he does not need to be using this religion for any purpose other than his own 
because he doesn't want to go out there and it be hard. He wants to sit here and control these people. Now, again, further episodes could disavow me of this opinion. And I will say, you know what? I was mistaken. And that is as it is. But I still think that he, in this moment, used their religion against them to curry the assassination or bless the assassination of someone he wanted to get rid of not because of their religion not because they weren't getting the kids because they were humiliating you they were at the precipice of being outed as people who hijacked a ride to heaven in their opinion (laughs) and I just yeah I didn't I didn't like it I did not like it other people may not have just cared because it's metheric religion and who cares about that but like I said there's a fine line there's a line in the sand with me and that's the line that I don't like and maybe there's more conversation that needs to be had about it to get me to see maybe if I'm being too harsh on that particular line in the sand then we get to the end of the episode oh it also was for personal spite Tempest ends up going out and taking the scalpel and killing the creature because she's starving. She go out and kill the creature and then she discovers that it was pregnated, impregnated with a baby and she feels all types of bad about that. But hey, I don't know why you needed to eat it raw because that was nasty. That was a whole bunch of blood. But then again, I don't know how much they have been starving. <laughs> Maybe it's been a week. If it's a week, you you might not have as many, um, <laughs> too many thoughts about exactly how that food's getting in your stomach, just that it is. But we also saw a weird scene of Tally luring father away. And he ends up hearing the screams and coming back. But what's up with that? What's this supernatural shit? I ain't got no time for no hauntings (laughs) of the children. But that is exactly what happens. And that is also where we ended the episode. So I wanted to talk a little bit about cognitive dissonance. Now, I became familiar with this due to, again, the show Westworld. (laughs) I don't know how to get away from that, but it is probably one of the leading sci-fi like really does it well shows of of I think the last decade or so you're not going to find too many that compare and I do think that there is strong ties to that show that could also be why I'm making parallels there that maybe are familiar so what is it I'm reading from verywellmind.com And it says the term cognitive dissonance is used to describe the mental discomfort that results from holding two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. People tend to see consistency in their attitudes and perceptions, so this conflict causes feelings of an ease or discomfort. The inconsistency between what people believe and how they behave motivates people to engage in actions that will help minimize feelings of discomfort People attempt to relieve this tension in different ways, such as by rejecting, explaining away, or avoiding new information. Now, of course, all of that does not apply to Marcus and Sue, but there are many factors that can 
pretty much precipitate this type of psychotic situation um, or psychological, I should say. Them changing their face was the first degree of cognitive dissonance. The identity, the personal identity is so important to how we see ourselves. Both Marcus and Sue, I don't know what Sue's previous name, I think Mary, Caleb and Mary decided to not only take on the identity of someone else as walking in their shoes, but they also decided to take their faces. Now, during this 13 year gap, it's interesting something happens where Sue makes this close bond with Paul, which he, you know, Marcus did as well. But then she also took it a step further. She decided to educate herself. She seems more situated and less uneasy than Marcus does. Now, I don't know what else happened in those 13 years, why he is on a different plane or scale, I should say, in the dissonance than her. But I think it has also to do with the next point I'm going to make, the importance attached to each belief. Cognitions that are more personal, such as beliefs about the self and highly valued, tend to result in greater dissonance. So the number of dissonant beliefs, the more dissonant clashing thoughts you have, the greater the strength of the dissonance, causing basically a psychotic break. <laughs> You're going, what is happening right now is he's had all of this indoctrined atheist thinking, right? And now at the end of this episode, per him saying, I heard a voice, he is beginning to influence or believe he is influencing by hearing soul. So there is a split and that's why she gave him that concern. Look, I didn't even like the way that he brushed past her when she said, you okay? He's like, I heard a voice and then just moves past her. He has a complete, that's a narcissistic trait, by the way, a disregard for other people's feelings. He's shown it three times. I can't be wrong on this part. I'm sorry, Mimi. I'm not. He's shown an absolute disregard for her personal feelings in a serious extent. It's like, okay, my face is fucked up. I'm, I'm crying over the fact that I am no longer myself. I don't care if you like it. I don't like that. I still don't like that term, but fine. I don't care if you like it. You still could support me. I'm still did something, whether it was we needed to do it or not, that has this reaction in which you can at least, if not anything, hug me, hold me, not stand next to me and say, I like it. I mean, and then you had the next moment where it's clear. And I think that's also a difference between them. Whereas I think she's syncing up with her her cognition because she did find, you know, a profession that she's good at and can do. And she was missing this part of being a mother, right? That's a theme because she can't have kids. That's what I watched the episode again. I think I watched the last two where she made that comment. I did watch the last two. I wasn't sure if I watched the last three or two. That's what I'm saying that. But she did say that comment of, you know, I never thought I could. And just watch his reaction to that scene again. Imagine you standing to an, a person. I don't know how long they've been together. I'm not sure what the relationship, what brought them together. Where It's a partnership, but it, it's not without affection or love. But it's not traditionally 
um, I would say it's in at in at in as adequate inadequate Jesus Christ as the relationship we're seeing between mother and father right now. They have some dissonance themselves because mother particularly. So this doesn't just apply to Marcus and Sue. It definitely applies to what's happening on the camp, but it's happening to a bigger extent, I think, to any for everyone for mother. Father is trying to find his purpose, finding his use. He's not given away to that despair. Whereas mother has, and she's searching now for a new purpose. I think that's also why she brought the kids. But even with them there, she still only really mentions Campion. And I've been picking up on that. I think she's connected to the other kids. I think she wants to take care of them and she cares for them, but it's not the same. And maybe when they got there, she was expecting it to be the same. And yet it's not. Nothing is replacing this whole that she has and I think it goes back to that statement she says I'm a creation I can't be a creator she probably wants to have kids of her own why wouldn't you like Campion's all she got she can't make any other little baby she doesn't have any embryos to raise any additional children so not only has she lost all of her children she now has the inability to further uh to further her purpose and even the kids that she got she didn't raise them she took them <laughs> it's almost like the adopted kids it's not to say i don't love you still but it's a different relationship it just is so yeah i think she's definitely going through her own bit of of dissonance and i don't know where the fuck that's gonna lead i think marcus is gonna lead to an eventual um split of i think he go across some i think he already is starting to like the idea like just watch the scenes where they call him captain they ask for his opinion just watch his eyes in those scenes and because Travis Fimmel is such an amazing actor I you can notice the difference between his moods at least I'm noticing the difference between his moods and you can tell when his eyes go a little cockeyed when he likes something he he's starting to accustom himself and maybe has been accustoming himself as this respected ranked person in this um religion for 13 years now that that illusion is pushed away so you also got the you split face you changed your face you were an atheist you joined this thing for 13 years you indoctrinate yourself in this religion and you grow accustomed to some things and now you're back thrown into that world real world and now shit just ain't it ain't computing the way in which he has this illusion that he has created and I bet you that's going to start to break down and as it breaks down so will his mental capacity and I think that makes him dangerous and with that I guess that's the perfect segue to feedback Now, if you want to join in this, I'm sure, interesting conversation, you can send it to blackoakouch at gmail.com. You can send it via audio or via written format. First up, I said I was going to get my talking to, so I'm pretty sure I'm about to get talking to. Let's hear what Mimi has to say. What up, Christina? It's Mimi. I am sending in feedback for Raised by Wolves, uh, episode four of the first season. 
Um, I think we should just go ahead and get this argument out of the way because you know it's coming. Um, we had our very different opinions of Marcus. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and get, get this off my chest because I was debating with you the last podcast, but then I remembered, oh, wait, she can't hear me. So let me just be quiet. So I was like, let me just put a cork in this. Mark, jot this down and bring this up next time. So I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say my piece. And I swear, after this, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to bring it up again. Um, first, I want to point out that I can't remember your exact words, but you said something to the effect that Marcus is arrogant. I don't know, a narcissist or some, something you said to that effect. And I got to disagree that he has not done anything advertently we haven't seen enough out of him for for you to make s- such a jump. I feel like nothing he's done so far has been blatantly rude or disrespectful. Um, one of the things that you I remember you talking about was, you know, what he said to his wife when, you know, he saw the new person and she was like having like a mental break in front of the mirror. Like, I can't do this. And in his defense, this is my personal opinion, and I'm just going to say that I feel like we're going to differ in opinions of Marcus no matter what, because I don't see him the way you do. Um, One of the things that I was saying, like when you were saying that about him, is that he was probably he they're married. So I would assume he knows her and he could see her spiraling. So to me, to me, him saying I like it. He might have been lying for all we know. I feel like he was saying that because at this point, it's too late. They don't have a choice. They've already done this. They've already changed their face. They need to follow through. So him saying, I like it, to me was his way of saying, okay, let me try and help her get over this. It's like when you got to go out to dinner. Some, I mean, this has happened to me where I, um, you know, had to go out to like a business dinner with my boyfriend and... I got all dressed up and, you know, I looked in the mirror and I hated how I looked. I, I freaking hate it to the point where I'm like about to start crying. It's like I'm about to meet all his uh, work co-workers and I look like trash. Like I did not want to leave. And he's like, no, I think you look great. You look I, I love it. And I don't know if he was lying, but it did make me feel a little bit better to know that I was just uh, like uh, ugly in that moment to myself. So I felt like that was kind of the same thing. I think that you're projecting your your opinions about maybe someone that you knows with those same qualities or something like that on him. And that's how I feel like that's why I gathered that for him, for him to say that was maybe his way of just trying to get her to go. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if you're right, but I just don't think that he's done anything to show like I feel like he it's obvious at times that he disagrees with this religious people and he and they be irking his nerve. They be irking mine, too. But I don't agree with religious practices like the way that they sometimes when people act like when I hear them speak religious like scripture and stuff like that, it sounds like a cult to me. Like you can't really like if you search hard enough. You can find a contradiction to everything that you're saying in the same religious practice in the same Bible that you're looking for. Like you hate certain groups, but yet you're supposed to love them. So you pick and people pick and choose what they want. So I have my own opinion of religious uh, practices and faiths and, you know, really religious people. And I feel like he does, too. So maybe that's why I don't dislike him like you do. And um, 
I am so hard on defending him is because I get it. And you were saying like him jumping ship or whatever. And then like, what was your game plan? I think the plan was just to get off that dead planet. Like after we get off, then we can figure out something. Maybe they were planning on breaking off amongst the group. They clearly had no idea exactly what the arc was. They didn't know because they weren't invited. They weren't allowed to be there. But once they got there at that point, let's do what we got to do. Like we going to pretend let's learn this religion. And then as soon as we can get away from these fools, let's get the freak away from these fools. And I feel like that was the plan. <laughs> How far else you need to go? We will we will do what we need to do. Like, we'll just we'll figure it out. Like, that was that was the plan. And another point I want to make out is like um, you I feel like you're maybe forgetting the fact that that Marcus was has been a soldier since he was a child. Like, I can't I've I've never been in the the military just let's get that out there so everybody's clear I can only go by what I see shy can speak more on this from her own personal um experience but I can tell you what I saw for my sister my older sister went into the army when she right out of high school and if you knew her before you would be like there's no way this heifer is gonna make it like she didn't listen to anybody she didn't do anything she was uh, always like hot-headed getting in fights and whatever like that so and she just didn't listen to anybody at all and I was like I don't know how she plans on being in the military she don't she's not very good with following orders but I'm telling you she's been in the military for almost 20 years now and the person she is now is not the person she was and the only thing I can say is that they programmed her they reprogrammed her because she don't act like she did the, from the person that I knew for 18 years before she went in like she's completely different like she's a different person and I feel like they got it you got to teach them that because when you're in the army the military you know air force navy whatever the marines you have to obey orders like they give you orders and you got to follow them so I'm assuming you got to understand the importance of you following orders so that's probably what basic training is you know not only do you need to be fit but you need to understand that not listening can get you killed so you know okay so thinking of it that way I I feel like maybe those those behaviors that you're seeing maybe has something to do with the fact that he's a military mind you know and he's trained a certain way and maybe in his in his training you don't leave people behind like you just don't and them not giving a crap about the kids like I can't understand how that in itself didn't bother you yes like it would I would I would have been okay with an explanation of why they didn't get the kids if I wasn't seeing a complete opposite of what they were doing he says oh let's not go anywhere let's say but who's gonna protect me so to me the real reason that man did not want anybody searching for them kids is because if the if the soldiers are out looking for the children who's gonna keep him safe and to me that is the most ridiculous re I I can't even I can't even think of a word right now that's how irritating it is and how mad I am that you can't see that that man is a straight-up coward and his reasoning for needing people to protect him sending those androids out was because he's a fucking coward it had nothing to do with saving resources or let's learn where we are no he wants people to protect him and as soon as this show started and we saw him being carried I knew I was right 
He's a freaking coward. And that's why we can't save the children. Not because we need to save resources or we don't know where we are or we don't know what's around. He he could have sent the androids to look for the kids. No, but if the, if the androids are watching, if I send these androids to find these children, even though they have a tracker and all they got to do is go search them, who's going to protect me? I need people to carry me around because I'm not supposed to walk because I'm great and I'm the best person around here and you all are peasants. I got a phone call in the middle of that, so I don't remember exactly what I was saying, but I do know that I think I'm finished with my rant. So I'm going to stop there. I Like I said, Christina, I'm just going to get my point across and I'm not going to bring it up anymore. I promise that was that was the last time I'm going to defend Marcus uh, to you. I'm going to still say my piece and my feedback, but I won't I won't say anything else. So I think we just got to agree to disagree, I guess, and wait till this show uh, gets to the last episode so we can see. Um, you know exactly who and what everyone is if we even find out we might even be more confused I guess we'll find out um, okay so let me see what else I got here in my notes okay I want to talk about Campion because he was acting a plum full this episode like he was not he could not get any act right and I don't know if <laughs> it's probably I mean he's a human child and you know he doesn't have any siblings he lost them He's probably rebel rebelling. I don't know, but he was just not acting up. He was just acting up. And poor father, he was really trying. Like I can see him getting mad. And I guess, you know, that's the the extent of mad for an android. But he, Cammy didn't give a shit. And he'd tell mom on him. He was like, Mother. It's like, why are you playing why are you playing your daddy like that? Why you gotta be like that? oh my god uh and when they were like let's kill the creature for for food like (laughs) do they see that there is literally bones pulled over skin like what meat are y'all looking at like that ain't no daggone meat on that animal that thing's skinnier than it looked like i it looked like Allie McBeal. It was disgusting. There is no meat at all. Like, seriously, gross. Ugh, yuck. <laughs> disgusting. Um, and then I did think it was really ugh, gross that Tempest was like, shoot, forget this. I'm hungry. And she killed it. But she didn't, like, start no fire. She didn't throw it on top of the fire. She didn't want to cook it first. She just started straight up eating bloody meat. That was nasty. Like, really gross like I have never been that hungry so maybe maybe I have to be there to understand but I would hope that I got enough sense to at least cook the meat because this is an alien planet and you already know that the plants are poisonous why wouldn't the meat be poisonous too at least try and cook it to get some of the the toxins out I don't know just ugh, it was gross um and then she said that the thing was pregnant it just looked like a blob to me i don't i i don't know how she knew that was a baby maybe that's his liver maybe that's those are lungs maybe that's its kidney maybe that's an organ that we don't have a name for how do you know it's a baby it just looked like a it looked like a bundle of cells like it didn't look like a child or an embryo or anything like that huh i i don't know but i mean people kill animals that are pregnant all the time so i think it's 
for them, maybe being the first time it sucks. But, you know, when you're hungry, you got to do what you got to do. Humans have been killing animals for forever. And animals sometimes kill us. And that's why when we in the ocean and somebody gets eaten by a shark, it's like, well, that sucks. But, I mean, you are in their home. Like, what did you expect? It, you look like food. Just because you were human and you could talk don't mean you look any different to this shark when they hungry. Look at that big ass fish on that, that wooden board. I'm about to eat it. And you get ate. That's what happened. That's the risk you take when you in the ocean. Okay. That's the risk you take when you come from the ground and you see these little animals. It's like, oh, let me go eat these. Sometimes you eat them and sometimes they eat you. That's just how nature works. So, I mean, it sucks, but I mean, it's life. What? It's the circle of life. So I, I don't know how I was supposed to take that in scene. Like it sucks, but shit, it happens. What are you going to do? Um, you still need to eat it because otherwise you're going to die. Um, it just, it sucks. I guess it was Tempest, her being pregnant and she was the one that found out. I feel like that kind of sucks. But, um, other than that, I didn't feel much of anything. If I'm being honest, the last point I want to make here is about the prophecy um if you can christina if you can just repeat it like if you wrote it down somewhere just read it back i don't remember exactly what it says but you know i'm just thinking about like a lot of the books i read have some type of prophecy in it like at some point um i, I know you know i'm a fan of harry potter um the shadow hunter books i've read have prophecies in them all the time um i've read some i read a lot of uh Percy Jackson, you know, a lot of uh, Greek mythology based books, Roman mythology based books, and a lot of them have prophecies in it. And one thing I can say with certainty is prophecies are never what you assume. Like it can be interpreted in different ways. And another thing I've learned is depending on how you respond to it, you could change who the prophecy is for. Um, you can misinterpret what the prophecy means and shift it into a completely different direction and then eventually that prophecy changes the whoever it was meant for it might go to someone else depending on what the what changes to the future happens from people messing with things so i will say i feel like they wanted us to believe in the beginning that campion was the kid in the prophecy but i'm actually starting to think that it's marcus aka Caleb um I don't remember the exact prophecy but I do know when they were in that pyramid and it turned cold and then um the what's his name I, I can't remember anybody's name but Marcus was had that thing put in his ear by the android at first I thought Marcus was like fucking around that he put it in himself but it looked like the android put it in his ear and then the messiah i don't think that's what they call him whatever the he's he's clearly the person with the most power because he was the one being carried like a little bitch he was the one that had four grown-ass men carrying him because he can't walk because he's too good like are you serious y'all dying out and the last of human race and you want these motherfuckers to carry you and they ain't got no food you need to choke oh <sighs> Anyway, back to what I was saying. Right before uh, he burned, he got burned to death. Marcus heard something, and it seemed like he was the one that triggered the flames of the pyramid. I don't know. I just I feel like his 
him being on this planet, him changing himself meant something. Um, he doesn't believe in this. And for all we know, he might not believe in being atheist too. Maybe he just don't believe in soul. He, you, you know that like Paul and them, they were all brought up to this, you know, since they were a child. Why are you not giving that same credit to Marcus, Caleb? Caleb was a child soldier and it seems like he didn't have a choice. They made him an atheist. He might not believe in soul, but he might not be an atheist either. We don't know what he believes in. He, I don't think he was ever given a choice, just like Paul and them weren't. They, they're pretty similar in the aspects of life. They were both, they, all of them are forced to do stuff they didn't have an option to. And that, you know, you do what you're taught. Look, look at Campion. He was given a choice when he learned about this other religious from these other kids and he's praying even though his whole life he was told that you're not supposed to pray given a choice he he clearly prefers to pray i i feel like maybe marcus might believe in some of the things the soul maybe he doesn't maybe he don't believe in anything maybe he's not necessarily an atheist but not necessarily a religious person maybe he's spiritual who knows i feel like i see myself and Marcus and his wife and maybe that's why I'm defending him so much because I don't think anything he's done so far is out of the norm and I get what you're saying but I don't think a person pretending to be a religious person just just diminish everything about their character and that's just my personal opinion it'd be different like there's been I can this is a terrible terrible thing to bring up but I remember when I was in high school and we learned about the Columbine shooting one of the things that they did was they went around and they told people like you know don't like you need to like I guess get rid of your religious beliefs and then whenever a person says no um i believe in god and would start praying they got shot i don't think one of those kids saying well well fine i don't believe in god i don't think that would have made them less of a, a good person in the face of death you chose life and you picked okay if i gotta tell this person that i'm that i don't believe in god and they just to get to not die right now i don't think that makes you a bad person some of those I don't know about all of the kids but I know the ones that died they stuck with their faith and that's great but you still died you could have still believed in God and said you did it and no and nobody would have thought any differently of you in my opinion I don't think so I'm not a religious person maybe they would I have no idea but I know that they could have easily said they they didn't fine I disembow I don't believe in God anymore and they may have lived so I guess to me, just because you say something doesn't necessarily make it true. Let me pretend to be religious so that I can get on this ship. And then after I get on this ship, I'll figure out how I can get away from these fools. I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, what do you have to lose? Either I die now or I die later. Maybe I can get away. Maybe I can't. Who knows? But I know if I stay right here, I'm going to die. <sighs> Okay, anyway, so anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I just, I feel like maybe I'm going to try and see if I can go back and see if I can find what they said about the prophecy um, to see if I have more evidence. But I think Marcus might be the person they were talking about in that prophecy or maybe even his wife. Um, I don't remember the exact words, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not Campion. It might be Marcus, aka Caleb. 
So on that note, (laughs) since I've talked a lot, a lot, a lot, I'm going to end it here. Um, And then just say until next time, love, peace, hair grease and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. So that was Mimi with her talking to. She said the circle of life. I laughed for a whole five minutes. (laughs) I'm like, it is. It's the circle of life. (laughs) The big circle jerk. So a few things that I wrote some notes down. First, um, you can talk about your opinions about markets every every feedback if you want. Point out to me how I am wrong. A, it's always good to have two different perspectives for a character. You might see something I don't see. I might see something you see. I, I think I've explained ad nauseum and very biased when it comes to Marcus, but that's because I am tuning on to him in a whole different frequency than you may be tuning into him. And that's fine. <laughs> that's nothing wrong with that. I know what you said was, um, when I was called, cause I mentioned it again, that I called him narcissistic and arrogant. I stand by that, that I hadn't, like you said, there hadn't been any overt, uh, actions of that. And I guess it depends on what lens you are, you're observing those actions. Like it could seem as something to, that you may feel as inconsequential versus I see it and I feel like it it's significant. So it's just about how you latch on to those different actions. And I like your analogy that you pointed out uh, with the situation, you know, if you're in front of a mirror and your boyfriend's just trying to make you feel better, However, I am going to point out those are two significant, like your dress that you picked out versus the face you changed, (laughs) your complete and utter face. I would expect if it was me in that situation to have at least a little bit of support, even if I agreed to what was going to happen, even knowing that this was what is happening, I... I would still expect more from my significant other other than I like it. It's too it's too dismissive of my feelings that I is why I took such a affront to it. I will point out that Marcus is not military. I don't think we've ever seen him in any type of military uh fashion. Now I could be wrong about that, so please correct me. But I didn't think he, I think he's just a soldier. And I think that's the reason why his situation, why he could just break rank and run off because he's, he's a, he's a, a abandoned soldier like the rest of the soldiers. Right. And then I think he brought up about, well, maybe he doesn't believe in atheism anymore. Well, maybe that's true on this rock right now. But when we first introduced to him, the first thing we see is him killing someone who is a, a member of Saul. And then murdering two additional members of Saul. So I, that could be just a survivor thing. Like, I'm just going to kill you. But he didn't have to. He didn't have to kill that one man who put his hands up in surrender and he executed him. I don't think he believes fully in Saul, but I do believe he understands the benefits of of the belief system. And that's where uh, I think we're conflicted on what what his motivations are i see that that deceit there and it makes me uneasy um what else 
Uh, you said I was being harder on the kids versus Marcus because he was a kid soldier. So the difference between the kids is they're still kids. <laughs> they haven't really made those choices or decisions. Like anyone, I will use myself as an example. I, from the time I could blink, move, I was forced to go to church every Sunday. Not sometimes, not maybe, not when I felt like it. Every, I had no choice but to get on that church bus every Sunday, go in that class every prayer, every morning from 9 to freaking 1 p.m. And I had church. I was taught the Bible. I was taught to pray. I sat and I did. I prayed. But that's why I don't put belief on my, my daughter. That was me doing actions in which someone else made those decisions for me. But then I became an adult. Then I got exposed to the world and I made decisions. Like everyone, maybe there are people out there that grew up in a Trump household right now and now they're outside of the household and they realize, mom, I don't want, I don't associate with that. I believe in Black Lives Matter. How many families that have separated from that? So I think the difference between the kids are they're still children they don't have the capacity yet to make those adult decisions they're only they only at this point in their lives can be influenced that's why it's so easy and why i don't really it doesn't bother me that campion flips flops in the back because yeah it's more like you got a whole bunch of information and then you get this new thing and you're gonna play with it for a while you're gonna figure it out you're gonna shake it but maybe it's not what you want in the end but it doesn't mean you can't look and investigate i think that's for everyone though I think that you can go out and try things out, whether you subscribe to it in the end or not. Some people are religious and then, then they decide they're not going to be religious. Some are uh, Christians and they turn Jehovah's Witnesses. That's just, as adults, what we can, what we do. Mark is, I'm guessing he's in his late 30s, early, mid to late 30s. Maybe I'm giving him too many years, but I thought I saw a whole bunch of gray in that beard. Some of it anyway. But he's an older man. I mean, he's not not experienced in the world. He he had more than enough. He didn't have to be. He was he had to be a child soldier. Right. But he didn't have to stick with the atheists. He could have switched sides. There was nothing not holding him back from that decision making. So to me, yeah, I am going to judge him in a whole different perspective because he's a grown ass man. And when you are a grown ass man, unfortunately, when you get out in that real world, you have to make the decisions to be for yourself. I mean, even if you don't believe in religion, the first thing they say is, you know, only you can go to the pearly gates. You can't just go be like, oh, uh, well, I'm here for my mom and my sister and my cousin. And my only you can be you. Only you believe in what you believe. My thing is, I don't, I believe Marcus believed in atheism. I think he chose that path. And I think, it could have just been the path that was more expedient for him or if he had an actual belief. I do believe that. You're correct on that. We don't have enough information there. If this was always a inconsistent type of belief system, but it was one in which he subscribed. It's one in which he has partnered with Sue in the shared belief of. So even if he is deciding he's gonna believe in soul, he also has a partner who doesn't seem to be down with that <laughs> not even a little bit and yet that's not a consideration into any of his decision making um i also think that we're just 
viewing things as you're thinking immediate i'm thinking consequential that's just a difference of how people process things i am usually and annoyingly in my real life but also it's very useful to be a very three-dimensional thinker so i know you brought up the part about um well i guess the best example of that is the fact that i literally i will go think of how i was thinking about the cult thing like maybe i shouldn't toss out and i heard you say the same thing a cult that i shouldn't i evaluate even myself i should say there that's a better way of putting that out there so when you're i guess when i'm constantly thinking three-dimensional or you're a three-dimensional person and you're always ruminating over your your thoughts and you're thinking of things in much of a futuristic manner and that's where i guess i'm seeing or i'm looking at all of these characters not just marcus all of them what is their purpose here why are we being shown their stories what are their stories supposed to teach us like i'm pretty much putting my head in the mind of the showrunner and the writers of this show versus you may just be looking at just the show and i think that's that's a big thing on mine <laughs> big thing of mine i should say that i do a lot in tv but i think this is one of the first times we've had this type of show that we've done together or watched together where it was this rather cerebral and so that also could account for why i'm so laser focused on certain things that might seem insignificant and putting more significance on them i'm sorry to interrupt that thought whatever it was i was having because i had to take a break and go the fuck off on my child because she just came back from a week of being at her daddy's and she thought my word don't mean shit when i tell you to get in the shower get in the motherfucking shower and then I come back out and I tell her to do this. I give a whole lecture about it. She's like, ee, 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 ee. I come back out there. Cause I'm like, I know I ain't heard no water. I go back out there and she just standing there smiling at me when I walked in the room. I said, you got to be out of your goddamn mind. I didn't say those words, <laughs> but I said, now you making me mad. I said, get in the shower now. I don't want to hear it afterwards. And when you're done, you might as well go ahead and put that uh, phone down for another half an hour because you ain't lost your mind you went off for one week and you ain't had your own way and stuff and then you forgot how what it is she's talking about oh it was rude for me to give her that look i said is it gonna be rude for me to pop you in the face i said i'll pop her on the arm with my shoe but that's the same case and scenario kids be pushing your nerves sometimes <laughs> she puts my nerves down like i told i asked you when you would like to take a shower you said after you talk to your daddy and i gave you the time so i gave you agency i allowed you to pick the time i'm doing all those um caucasian things they be telling you to do in the books and yet every time this is why kids don't know how to respond to nice they respond to get your ass up in there now the water is running and she's in the shower <laughs> because she knows she was about two seconds away from catching a slap anyhow <laughs> i don't think i had much more to say about mimi's feedback but keep it coming girl keep it coming trust me i love different opinions it is healthy for the soul and with that last but not least queen shy well hello christina it is me shy 
I am here to talk about Raised by Wolves. Episode 4? Yeah, episode 4. But most importantly, I am looking forward to you putting this podcast out so I can listen to you and Mimi go at it. So this should be very, very entertaining. Um, So yeah. As y'all, y'all already know my thoughts. I'm still on the, I'm still Switzerland. I'm neutral. I don't have any strong opinions one way or the other at this point about the character. I am curious as to why you're leaning towards Marcus being a psychopath. Um, I mean, I hadn't gotten that vibe yet. I'm still feeling him out. I was, I was still trying to. Fill him out and sue out. Um, they didn't strike me. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, they got their. I mean, they all, to me, everyone's gray. Like I keep saying, I mean, I say they're good people, but they all have the gear points and their bad points. Um, so I does I don't I'm not swayed one way or the other. I don't think mother is all good or all bad or anyone's all good or all bad. Um, just variations of. Um, you know, I like which I love, and I think I said it in the last podcast. I mean, I enjoy that. I enjoy that there's this, um, not this cookie cutter, clear cut, right and wrong. You know, in a lot of aspects of the in these characters, it's a lot of complexity to them. So good on that. But yeah, you had mentioned something about um, you've watched previous shows that characters are similar to him so yeah if you can enlighten me you know spread your knowledge because i know you and mimi y'all watch a whole lot more shows than me you have a lot more shows under y'all belt um so y'all tend to reference shows and characters that i'm not familiar with um but yeah if you can just like describe you know you know all that stuff that would be nice so I can gain a better understanding because I'm still not getting that vibe from Marcus um so far I mean I'm getting I'm just not getting that yet um I mean and I'm not saying he's not like that I'm just me personally um I haven't um gone to that point with him with his character yet um so it's very interesting i mean he seems to care especially now because in this episode he for a lot of things he referred to sue um like when sue said let me go talk to the eminence your eminence i know i (laughs) jacked that up last of my last feedback but um yeah i mean he let her um take the lead and he let her be the one to um talk to him and see if he would go look for the children and all that good stuff so um yeah I mean again I'm not saying he's not selfish or anything like that I just I haven't taken that leap to him being a psychopath yet um so I'm just curious as to you know um how you got to that point as for the episode itself um I will say the beginning i was a little it was a little anticlimactic with the paul thing with him falling in the hole and landing on that limb 
I thought things would be a little bit more involved with that, but I mean, not really. I mean, he was rescued pretty quickly, so by mother. So that wasn't really anything to write home about. I mean, he did lose his mouse, so that was sad, but you know, that that's about it for that scene. That was an interesting power that she has. So she can um, lull people to sleep. But with her, you know, just saying go to sleep and then humming. So that was interesting. I don't think they showed that before this episode. So, and if they did, I don't remember. Um, So yeah, very interesting. Yeah, it was kind of, I will say with father, um, he definitely felt some type of way about Campion um, tricking him. And so this whole episode, he had this desire to feel useful, um, which I feel I like what Tempest said when she was talking to mother about, um, you know, everyone has their roles, you know, basically saying that, you know, hers is since she's a necromancer, hers is going to be more of the um, protector and father is going to be more of the nurturer of the, you know, I mean, and he protects in his own way. So it's kind of like a reverse gender roles type thing um, that they have where, you know, mother is again seen as, you know, more of the protector of the family. She goes out, she makes sure that everything is um, the way it should be. And he makes sure that the kids are taken care of, that, you know, they're able to, um, that he's raising them in a certain way, which he was trying to do in this episode, um, trying to help them understand that at some point, if something were to happen to him and mother, that they would need to be able to fend for themselves that they needed to be able to um, look for food, kill for food, um, and all that, you know, to survive. So he made some great points. I mean, unfortunately, it kind of went sideways, but his, but the message was the right message, and they do need to be able to survive on their own. And Campion is a spoiled brat in my opinion i mean he's really he's been i mean i like campion but these last two episodes he's been kind of bratty to me um so yeah he got on my nerves this episode hunter got on my nerves as well and that reminds me of you know when he was talking about when they were talking about killing the that thing that was in the in the hut about how he's a cleric so his duties are this and that only this uh only the military um people do the killing and so that just you know put in mind that hierarchy thing i know we we talked about it um at you know a little bit off and on but i went back to or i thought back to just you know the when they were all on the ark and you know or they're meeting up with paul to get on the ark and how the kids are separated from their parents and it's it's almost like you know at some point in their lives you know maybe when they were toddlers that they are shipped off to fulfill the the roles that they're going to have as adults and so there's really not a lot of family ties a lot of family bonding that goes on um 
with you know parents and their children because their purpose is to serve whatever their role is going to be in the Mithriac religion and so it kind of makes sense that the ambient Mr. Mr. Oh guys your eminence your eminence um wasn't too concerned about the children um because they're not they're I don't know I'm trying to think of the right way to say it they're not seen at as children children like the way we see children they're seen as I don't, I don't want to say possession or property but in along those lines like something you know they're there to serve a certain need a certain purpose and there's not a lot of emotion um to be had in that in their religion um which goes back to when uh marcus and sue were playing with paul in the ark and the that lady i don't know who she was i don't remember her name was talking about how they you know that that this is good that they're that they're playing around that they're going to be going to this new um planet and you know trying to start a new way of life so that was interesting we see that the mithriacs are found some cube looking thing that was you know that became warm at times and then go back to cold so another mystery of life that um was on that planet prior to them getting there um so yeah that's gonna be interesting of course they use that as some type of prophecy soul is you know telling them stuff and then marcus used that to his advantage to get rid of your eminence um because obviously he was onto her onto him and sue um when he said that thing with the that he supposedly was a spiritual thing but it was really a lullaby that all mithriacs knew and of course that was a red flag to him so he sent his android to kill marcus um because you know sue was wondering why she didn't try to kill her but i feel like eminence thought that marcus was a bigger threat um than she was but like i said i enjoyed this episode um it's gonna be very interesting the fallout of tempest going in there and killing that creature and finding out that it was pregnant um because mother did not want her or campion involved at first but then i think she was okay with campion but she didn't want tempest to have anything to do with it and i'm also curious about what's going on with these ghosts that um paul and now father are seeing um it was tally so that's very interesting like her spirit is still you know because that's the one that fell in the hole right tally so yeah i'm very curious as to what that's about anyway um i will leave it at that because um 
I think, you know, I watched the episode yesterday. I can't remember all else that went down. Um, I wrote some notes, but um, my notes aren't the best in the world. Anyway, um, on that note, I will just call it and look forward to the podcast. Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Oh, look at Shy. She ready for a battle royale. <laughs> she said, I'm ready for y'all to get down. But I get it. Like, everybody keeps saying everything I'm, I'm saying is not even happening. So child just had to slam the door didn't she anyhow let me give y'all some insight and i think i think you brought it up best me uh shy why am i so settled on my opinion i think i did a decent job of explaining it in the episode but maybe i should just tell you who i associate him with the most now again <laughs> i think uh bb is drunk by the end of this westworld there's a character named william right we get introduced to William. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for Westworld season one. Maybe I should just say there's a character. Let me just go there. Well, I already said his name. Fuck. Well, you won't remember Mimi. However, there's a character in which you meet him and you believe one thing. And yet there are these tiny little signs. And granted, I have watched this series at least seven to eight times. So I'm very familiar <laughs> with um season one to season two progression because you find something out at the end where you think that the person that is in the white hat is actually the black hat meaning he's not so good a person but he was able to get everyone to root for him under the disguise of who he wanted to present to the world versus who he was in the core of himself so there was this interesting back and forth that explored explored these very same co- concepts that I'm talking about. Cognitive dissonance, narcissistic personality. Um, oh, there's another one. He's he's way, way, he ain't, I don't think, at least at this point, they have not um, indicated that he'll go full man in black, as in with that other show, but their similarities, he's very clearly drawn between the two characters. And because I believe I have so much experience with William and breaking him down that I am, I am seeing that in this character and it, it's what I'm basing my thought process on. That is not to say, Mimi, that I am right. <laughs> I, I understand completely. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. It would not be... The, Look how quickly I judged Ian. And then the next episode, I was like, yeah, I guess I was uh, putting a whole lot of my personal shit out there. But I think I even said that in the episode. <laughs> Sometimes I can recognize it right away. Like, eh, I might be putting a whole lot of my thought in there and not exactly what the character is. So no, that's entirely a thing. But I think when you're pacing out a, season, a show like this, one of the best things to do is give you all those small little nuggets so that when the turn comes, it may feel like a turn for other people, but it's not a turn for if you were picking up those little nuggets. And it's not to say that you miss something. 
Easter say what's your familiarity with that and what it's not um there is an interesting thing you did say that put me back to another thing is where Mimi was talking about the prophecy I don't remember much other than it's going to be an orphan child so a child without parents that's going to lead them to the promised land the where they need to build their temple or so on and so forth now if you go back to that scene watch how Sue and Marcus react Sue is looking at who is he she looking at Paul and he says it's someone else on the ark and that kind of makes her feel better where you have Marcus ruminating on that right and as Mimi pointed out he is too the son or is an orphan so this is another hint towards me on the other side or other side you know it's either more onto my what I'm thinking or it's just literally out there and I'm misinterpreting it of Marcus having this idealism in his brain and I think that there was just there's a lot he's a complex character I also agree shy that all of these characters are complex characters I think because I focus so much on Marcus I guess it felt like I was on hemming on him but I definitely see a lot with it in mother as well I think that Sue and father have more aligned like they they're nurturers they're carers they uh are you know they're not lost in their purpose right like even in this episode you have mother saying you know nature uh nature has no course right and you have him sticking to his beliefs of and no this is the course his atheistic sure but that's if you want to put a label on it because technically atheist is a religion too um (laughs) it's the thing i hate when people say that i'm like "Eh." i did i was bored with mimi when she's like i'm spiritual i am too that's the thing i am myself spiritual and yet i can still have a certain respect and i guess that's where i think where i think the middling part of the show is is about tolerance that's what ultimately i think this makeshift family is about is that that's where you're supposed to be is at this tolerant level like that is your choice like all those people that are caring like i said with that man yeah it's demeaning it seems to us crazy like this son of a bitch but it's their faith it's what they chose and the people that are carrying him don't think like we're thinking we're thinking in the cognitive in the logical way in which we would perceive it versus what they perceive it as they don't perceive it as something that is demeaning most likely everyone carrying that thing probably thought it was an honor except for marcus which is why (laughs) i'm sure bra had problems with this he could not deal but it also goes back to another thing I did not bring up was the fact that because you mentioned they people have been on this planet before what kind of people why did they pick 22 Kepler B why do they need to destroy earth I think there are very much a lot more questions to answer I don't believe this show is about who's good or bad I think it's about who you could probably live with and who you won't no one wants to live with the metheric and i get that too though i don't look at them and go oh yeah it's just more like that's what they chose and i think 
Shai, your your um, hypothesis regarding the children and that interaction goes back to my hypothesis. We are on the same page on some parts where, yeah, so that could possibly explain why there isn't this really close relationship with Paul and his parents. So take that into effect and the fact that these people killed his parents. <laughs> I personally am not over that particular hop and I do believe there is some redemption needed and if you're trying to have a relationship with Paul, which is what they clearly keep stating they are, you have to reconcile that or it will, as uh, as we say, what's in the light comes to dark, it will find a way to reconcile itself. And you're not alone on this planet and you're not, you're not not being called out for who you are. And I think love what you pointed out that Marcus was targeted because he's the one that's not trying like if he would even make an attempt he's causing he wants he it's almost like an alpha stepping in your group whether you agree with the eminence or not he has no choice at that point but to secure his position he has to he has to defend himself now the android and them making him seem like he was crazy and needed to be put down yeah that was a way to because at least she was playing her part like, yeah, you may not belong here, but you're a medic and you have value and you're at least playing by the rules versus Marcus not playing by the rules, trying to test and also making moves to clearly get rid of you when you have the chance. Like that was written all over his face. Anybody with any intelligence would know that's what the bra's plan is. But also, what the fuck are these animals that are on the planet? Because if they can reproduce, they're not reptiles, they're mammals. And if they're mammals, that means they're connected to our branch of the animal kingdom tree. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another part I was thinking. I was like, what the fuck are these creatures? Because I didn't think there were mammals on this planet. And the only way that mammals are surviving is if it's underground, which would explain the heat. Hmm. I feel like there's something there, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching at the surface, but I don't quite know what's underneath. I'm going to leave it here. I'm sure we will have so much more to talk about. And like I said, I like, I like this dialogue, guys. I love this dialogue. These are the type of things that I want to be challenged on. I want to think about. I want to rethink about. I want to rehash out. And... I can't wait to see where the story leads us because I think it's it's for all of us may not be where it's leading. <laughs> Again, if you want to send feedback, you can send that to blackocouch@gmail.com. You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, rate the podcast. It does help. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>